When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined every Friday by my main man, Derek Bell. Find us on YouTube.com slash Talk and subscribe anywhere you get your podcast. Today, we are still less than a week removed from the 2023 NFL draft and the Pittsburgh Steelers have made plenty of moves that have left plenty of potential, but also plenty of questions. We're going to dive into all that. It's been a very gloomy week here in the Berg, but today, yesterday, very sunny. I think that's because they knew that I splurged and bought some new golf clubs. So mother nature was just like, Hey buddy, here's a little bit of sunshine. You on the other hand have been tweeting that you've been sitting on your couch. So hopefully you're feeling a little bit better, but uh, how you feel my friend? Yeah, it's uh it's been a tough last couple of days for the kid, but um I'm feeling a little bit better, man. I'm I'm on the road back to recovery, so I'm I'm excited about that. Um yeah, my uh my couch has been my destination after I didn't leave the basement for 4 days at the NFL draft, you know, covering that, but over the past couple of days, you know, been sick, uh, you know, on the couch. Good news is I've been able to watch some film. Uh so I've been doing That's that good. to keep my keep my brain uh, you know, locked in, but yeah, I'm I'm hopeful that, you know, by the weekend, I'm going to be all right. That's, <laughs> we'll see. That, that's hilarious that like you talk to a normal person, like if you talk to my mom, you know, she'll call me every time she's sick or every time she's down or whatever. And she'll be like, oh, yeah, I started this new Netflix show. I'm three seasons deep now. He called Derek. <laughs> he's like, yeah, man, I'm watching this tight end out of Mississippi State. And, you know, he's he's all right. He's not terrible, but we're only yeah. on game six. So we're good. Well, well, I will say, like, I, I've been watching some, uh, I've been watching cartoons with my daughter. So that that's I've been alternating back and forth. When she's up, I'm I'm in cartoon land. When she's you know down or you know busy, I'm back in the film world. So either I way, know, I don't know what like cartoons. Obviously, I'm pretty sure cartoons have, have changed since we were younger. But I don't know if you've gone to the family and children section of Netflix. I discovered it like four days ago, five days ago fairly odd parents scooby i haven't left it that's all i just do i was watching uh, I, i'm starting pokemon tonight that's going to be my weekend just <laughs> nice. finished fairly odd parents we went scooby-doo before that it's the greatest like i didn't realize that was a thing you could just sit there and watch all the greatest cartoons of all time i'm sorry what is what is your daughter what are the cartoons today you watch that like paw patrol that was the one my, yeah, my nephew was so into. so she she has certain cartoons that she likes you know bluey uh things i don't like even that. know what that is 
Yeah, but see, I'm the I'm the cool parent, man, because I'm showing her all like the cartoons that I watched as a kid. You know, yeah, we're yeah, we're yeah. big on the Scooby Doo. I introduced her to Power Power Rangers the other day. She's she's oh, been, she's been messing with that. So it, it's been it's been fun, man. For yeah, sure. Power Rangers. This a goat, hands down, hands down. All right, the best week end of the uh, of the NFL season. The really the whole year in general has come and gone. It's been a long time of preparation and. The reaction has been, well, pretty positive across the board. This is the first time me and you've gotten to talk about it in front of a camera. Mm-hmm. You know, what are your thoughts? Were you you sitting there hyped? Were you a little nervous when they made the trade to 14? Were you a little skeptical? What are you thinking? Yeah, man, I think, uh, you know, the universal love for the Steelers um, – post-draft is a little bit different you know we're not really used to that but you know I I'm an honest person you know how I am man I don't I don't say stuff just for interaction or positive clicks or anything but um man my reaction to the draft was awesome like I thought that they did extremely well um this was probably my favorite draft class that they've had in a very long time maybe ever I mean definitely um as long as like I've been like covering the Steelers or covering the draft and and like this spectrum so um yeah, I mean, when they traded up for 14, I pretty much knew who it was, who it was for, you know, for, for Broderick Jones. We talked about them, you know, wanting to be aggressive, get that tackle in a relatively shallow tackle class. Uh, but even, like, just the way the board kept falling for them, man, like all day two, the board just fell for them perfectly, and it was it was awesome. Yeah, it was. It, it, the, the way that this – nobody saw the draft working out the way that it did. I think across the board, you look for all – at all NFL teams, and most of the reactions are positive because yeah. you just – I mean, even, you know, the Detroit Lions drafted Jack Campbell and Jamar Gibbs in the first round. And my dad called me on day three as I was leaving the facility. And he's like, the Detroit Lions, man, they have a pretty good draft, huh? And I'm like, I guess. Yeah. Like everybody See, just said, everybody did. That's what I love about the draft, man. Really just from a fan perspective, like yeah. everyone can go into the draft and you know get something positive out of it you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying like the drafts the weekend where like all 32 fan bases really feel like they have a chance to get better and i, I just like that because i think it creates like you know a positive culture around the sport um you know it, it's always bittersweet for me uh you know when draft the draft weekend in just because you know it's one of those things where you spend you know 12 months you know watching prospects or you know getting ready for that weekend and then when it comes and goes it's like man this is kind of a bummer but yeah. i was really happy with the way the Steelers um you know class shaped up I thought they got great value across the board I thought they addressed a bunch of needs um and then you know we're already we're already on to 2024 so I'm excited about that as Dude, well. yeah uh, yeah 2024 I saw the that they I don't know I saw somewhere that the, I just seeing all the mocks they're picking in the top 10 and I'm like all right these are no longer realistic because last year that was a great spot for them this year it's you know a little deeper in the lineup but with right. 2023 come and gone there are questions, um, some concerning, some, I think, very positive, even if they are, you know, necessarily eliminating people from this roster, which you never like to see the big one. And I, I think that this is where I want to start is the cornerback room. Yeah, Joey Porter Jr., but then you come back and you had Corey Trice Jr., a guy who, I mean, Nick, Nick Martin described this guy as his film as has me levitating. That's what I that was the first thing I saw on Twitter of this guy. And I was like, I don't even know that what that means, but it's got to be good. Like levitating has got to be the the pinnacle of film review status. So you add Corey Trice, you add Joey Porter Jr. Do you see I mean, obviously, Joey Porter Jr. is going to play a role. Do you see Corey Trice playing a role this season? Where do you see him fitting? Because I see a lot of people saying, oh, he could play the inside. 
I see some people saying he could play safety. He's 6'3", 210 pounds. I mean, mm-hmm. In my opinion, you just put him anywhere. This guy should be able to cover anybody. But where, where do you see his role going? Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, for the most part, Trice has played on the boundary um, mm-hmm. in college for Purdue. Um, he hasn't played a ton in the slot, but he's a guy that I think, um, you know, I think people are getting a safety thing because he played a little bit there um, in high school. And he has that safety build, you know, 6'3", 205, 206 pounds. I mean, yeah. when you watch this dude, like, just walk onto the field, he looks like a safety. You know, there's not very many corners that are built like that. And then when you kind of compound that with the four four seven speed, uh, the really good agility numbers that he ran at his pro day, you know, just the type of athlete that he is that's what was so random to me is like, man, the medicals have to be really bad because these type of athletes with this good of film, they just don't typically go on day three of the draft. I mean, the cornerback position, um, NFL teams are always looking for these type of athletes, these long guys who can get up and press coverage, uh, reroute receivers, be physical. Um, and, and Trice does that extremely well. So I, you know, being a seventh round pick, I'm trying not to get ahead of myself, but I just, I had Trice, in my top 100, Nick was higher on him than I was, but he, I think he was like 93rd on my top 100 list. So to get him at the end of the seventh round was just an yeah, incredible value. Um, and then when I watched this dude play, man, like I watched him match up with Rashad Bateman back in 2019, really had a lot of impressive reps against him, you know, former first round draft pick. Um, and then like last year, you know, watched several of his um, games as well and was just incredibly impressed, only allowed one touchdown uh, in 2022. And that was really the case uh, that was really due to a miscommunication, in my opinion, not just like him just getting beat. So um, I think he's, you know, a good athlete. He's got good film, you know, very traitsy, very toolsy, uh, perfect guy that, you know, you give to Grady Brown and say like, hey, look, let's see what we can potentially make this guy into. And, you know, if you if, if he does hit, you know, and you talk about the possibility of maybe him and Joey Porter Jr. on the outside for years to come, like two just gargantuan cornerbacks who Giant. can play in press coverage. Um, if that doesn't get you excited, I mean, I, I don't I don't know. I guess you don't really have a pulse, in my opinion. Yeah, that's like as good as it gets in any team, but especially in Pittsburgh. Like you talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers, great cornerbacks of the Mel Blunt. Uh, I guess Rod Woodson would have been a, a corner, but, you know, the 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 Donnie Shells, the ike taylor's the you know these guys were not they were not the oh man we're gonna come up with 40 interception corners they're the we're six two and we'll punch you square in the face type of corners which you gotta love in pittsburgh so yeah that is exciting where do you okay do you see him as a guy who has an opportunity this season i think that's the biggest question because you have james pierre you have akella witherspoon you have arthur millette i think people just want to know like what's the cornerback room going to look like when this all shakes out yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It's tough because, you know, it depends on, like, really Patrick Peterson's role. You know, yeah. uh, he's he's alluded to maybe being moved around a little bit. You know, I, I think that Peterson might uh, make make a late career transition to safety. They might play him a little bit inside, um, giving some opportunities to not be as static as he's been, you know, over the yeah. course of his career. Um, but you've still got Levi Wallace. You know, he's a starter last year. Um, I think, you know, he's definitely going to have a chance to start again. You know, Joy Porter Jr. being – uh, the 32nd pick in the draft, you know, draft capital does matter. Like NFL teams typically give those guys more opportunities uh, yeah. with Trice being a seven round pick. He's not going to have anything handed to him, even if I think, you know, he's certainly a starting capable type of talent down the road. So even if he doesn't play as a rookie, you know, we talked about leading up to the draft, just the Steelers not having that developmental piece really for the future. Um, 
in Trice, you know, with his skill set and a guy to even mold for, even if it's not next year, if it's the year after, you yeah. know, you got Levi Wallace who's going to be a free agent. Patrick Peterson's career is really winding down. James Pierre on a one-year deal. So like there's going to be playing time available, even if it's in year two. Um, but, you know, to get on the field early, you know, he's going to have to, you know, have a good training camp, obviously have a good preseason, but also he's going to need to contribute on special teams because that's what's really going to probably set a guy like him apart from, you know, a James Pierre who's, you know, got a lot of special special teams experience. Um, so he's going to need to do that, you know, to get a helmet. But I'm optimistic about Trice, man. I, I, I thought the film was really good. He's a good athlete. Um, there's, there's upside there for sure. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm I'm excited to just like you said, have that building block that the Steelers did not have. I think that's what they wanted James Pierre to turn into. Obviously, didn't the next name there is Akella Witherspoon. That's been your guy for two years, a guy that you think has plenty of potential. I agree. I think that you know the Steelers didn't bring him in for nothing last year. I think he got a bad rep because of the injury and where he was tossed in at certain times. But do you look at him as I mean, some people are just saying it's time to get rid of him. I think you have trade value in this guy still if you're ready to move on because at the same time, like if this is your fourth corner, if Akello Witherspoon's your fourth cornerback and you could afford him, I mean, that's as good as it gets is, is to have that who matches what you're doing already with maybe a little bit more athleticism, mm-hmm. uh, like a 6'2 corner who's real lengthy. Do you Do you see him? Do you foresee him being traded? Do you see him? foresee him in a competition for like a final spot with James Pierre or you see him as you know maybe we're building too much into this looking too much into this yeah I mean that's the thing with Akello man it's just never been consistent with him he's had flashes you know you've seen the highs you know the way he finished the 2021 season and then you know unfortunately all of last year you know he was really banged up he had a um pretty poor first couple weeks of the season and then you know against New England you know it starts getting hurt and deals deals with the injury and then they bring him back and they're having him uh play press man without safety help over the top on aj brown which is dude on aj brown with half a hamstring yeah a baffling coaching decision in my opinion but you know i definitely think witherspoon um you know he's a potential starter as well maybe not just on the steelers anymore and that's the thing like sometimes uh your your time just runs out um but it'll really depend on like the type of preseason that he has too. you know, say yeah. he, he comes out and just absolutely balls out. I do agree with you. You know, he could work his way back into playing time. He could work his trade value up. I mean, you just, you just never know what's going to happen. Um, the cornerback room adding two pieces like this uh, with this much talent, it just makes the off season and going to make training camp so much more interesting because, you know, the Steelers last year, it felt like we kind of already knew who was going to make the team at that position. But this year, I feel like it's a lot more wide open. And, um, you know, I'm sure that these guys are really uh, anxious to get after it too. I think it's going to make for um, an exciting, uh, you know, couple of weeks of the trope. Yeah, I I agree with you. Like the the more competition, the better, especially on defense is always my opinion. But you you were right last year. Like you knew it was going to be a Kello. You knew it was going to be Cam Sutton. You're just kind of like, oh, is Levi Wallace going to be enough to be that third guy? I think and he didn't even practice. Season. Remember, like he was. Oh out yeah, he was hurt. Are you sick? Year. The whole all of training camp. Yeah, you're very right. Yeah, so we didn't really get to see much. We were more focused on the wide receivers this year. It'll be the corners and yep. you know the inside linebackers. Those things. Uh, going with the linebackers, Nick Herbig, I think is the other like big question mark. The Steelers say he's going to play edge. Everybody and their mother on Twitter is saying he's an off-ball linebacker. Mm-hmm. I don't even I, I don't even think the conversation's there anymore of like is he an off-ball linebacker? He's going to line up at the edge. It's more of is he capable of playing off the edge? Everybody's worried about his size. He's like 6'2", 240, I believe. He's got like 32 and a half inch arms. 
You think you could do it? Man, it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens with this. Um, you know, when I watch Herbig, dude, that this dude has an absolutely electric first step. I mean, he could yeah. really get off the ball and stress tackles uh, outside shoulders. You know, he's a speed rusher through and through, and I, I really like watching his film. Um, he has a pass rush plan. He does a good job, you know, uh, keeping himself clean around the edge. Yeah. Um, but you know the lack of length does show up a little bit and you know it really shows up because you know tackles in order to get out of their stance and you know get to their landmark before he beats them to the edge they will turn their shoulders to him and there are times where you'll see him try to start putting his uh his like long arm into their chest to begin you know pushing them back to the quarterback but dude he just doesn't he's just not powerful enough and he yeah. like just doesn't have like the length that you typically see for an edge edge player and like if you look at his mock draftable page this dude has 31 and one one quarter arm length that is two percentile for edge yeah that's in short. The NFL. that's even shorter than what they said on the at the combine yeah so i mean there's just not there's not a ton of guys like him that are getting it done in this way you know what i'm saying yeah. so no yeah, yeah um it'll be interesting to see i mean there are guys that have somewhat comparable builds like uh, the number one player or the number two player that he's comparable to in the mock draftable database is uh, Yannick Ngakwe. So Ngakwe is 6'2", 252. So same, same height. He has 10 pounds on Herbig though. And he's like got an extra inch on his arm length. Ah, um, see the inches. I'm not really worried about the, the, <laughs> the weight. I think that you could add and remove in the NFL a lot easier like especially 10 pounds like I, I know that you know once you get into like that you got to add 30 pounds like the demarvin leal case is yeah. totally different but you know 10 pounds is 10 pounds like you could the way that you're going to eat and train in the nfl you know to add 10 pounds it's not going to hurt you much it's not going to change who you are the arm length you can't do it like the steelers yeah. just went through this with malik reed just the you if you got no ability to push a, an offensive tackle back you're relying purely on athleticism. Well, what's interesting to me too, like when you watch Herbig is, yeah. you know, he he's not a bad run defender. Like he can get off of blocks. It's just he's so compactly built. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like when I watch him on film too, I would love to know. I mean, maybe someone asked him at his uh, podium at the combine, but I would love to know what he was playing at last year because when I watch him on film, he looks like he was playing at about 225, 230. They listed him right. at like 228, I think. And it really would – it wouldn't surprise me if he was playing like 225. So that 15 They pounds, listed him at 228 in, in season, like yeah, during this – For Wisconsin. School? Now wow. you never know. Like, I mean, schools, they they just – Yeah, but they, they usually do it in those. the positive direction, not the – like yeah. they're usually not like, oh, he's 240, we'll say 228. You yeah. know, he's usually but like, that's like what 215, that, we'll say 230 that's what I'm curious about is like, if he already has added 10 pounds, like what's that going to do for his first step? Is he going to be able to keep that same level of True. explosiveness, um, that change of direction ability? One thing he does really well is cause he's a speed rusher. Uh, you know, he'll take his first like two, three steps up the field. Then when he get, he plants that right foot in the ground, he'll be able to inside counter, you know, he has a swim move, a spin move. Um, so there's things to like about that aspect of his game too. Uh, he can win inside and out, but it's just, the element of you know tackles are probably never going to be scared of him like just running through their chest you know yeah. and i think that's um that's definitely something you're gonna have to monitor i'm not really sure he could be a tweener i do think he could play off ball it's just like people i think undersell how difficult that transition is like yeah college linebackers have a tough time going to the nfl 
and getting their eyes right for NFL type offenses. And you're asking a guy who's never played off ball to transition there. Um, it's going to be difficult if that's what they choose to do, but I'm willing to, you know, see the process through with him being a fourth round pick. They don't have a ton invested in him. Yeah. I think that the athleticism, the production is there for this pick to make sense. I thought it was solid value. Herbig was another guy that was in my top 100. So, um, you know, I like the swing. I think it's a good pick and uh, I'm excited to see, you know, how he, you know, develops and how, how exactly he's deployed next year. Yeah, that's a, I, I'm very interested to see what the depth at outside linebacker looks like, because there's a name, there's the undrafted guy, David Perales out of Fresno state who had like 38 tackles for loss in 33 mm-hmm. games, 23, I believe uh, sacks, maybe 24 and a half sacks. I think he's got an opportunity to make this team as well. And then you're sitting there with TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith as your starting outside linebackers with Nick Herbig and possibly an undrafted free agent as your backups. Like that's good. It, it's not the greatest depth. Like I will say that I think if you added Bud Dupree, it looks a lot better. Sure. But to to leave the offseason with two young guys that you believe could develop into something who could both play special teams, Herbig is going to play, you know, 25 snaps a game. You got to feel good about that. The last time the Steelers outside linebacker room looked this good, even with the top three, was when Alex Highsmith was a rookie behind Bud Dupree. Since then, they've just been looking for that answer. I mean, obviously the Melvin Ingram thing, but I don't even that doesn't count in my head. You have to finish yeah. a season or at least not want to get traded by week eight, like to, <laughs> right. to count as, as a trio. But I agree. I think that that's like both of those guys have some upside, which excites me. Um, meanwhile, the inside linebacker room does not. Was that a concern for you that they did not address off ball linebacker at all in this draft? Not even as an undrafted free agent. There, there is a name, Tyler Wiltz out of Pitt, who I think could be, a sneaky addition to the 90 man roster after rookie minicamp. The dude came on the last game of the season, played two games, started two games at like 13 tackles, four tackles for loss and two sacks or something. He was impressive just as somebody who covers pit. Yeah. Um, could be a sneaky one, but just in general, you're looking at it right now and it's Luke, it's Cole Holcomb, uh, Alandis Roberts and Arlandon Roberts and Mark, Mark Robinson. Yep. And that's it. Like that's all they're rocking with. Yeah. I mean, I thought that if they did add somebody, it really needed to be somebody who was fluent in coverage, uh, okay. had a better coverage feel. Um, but honestly, like as much as I hated this past year's um, inside linebacker class in the draft, like I wasn't upset about them passing up on it. I mean, there were there were definitely guys that I liked, you know, Jack Campbell, but he went round one to yeah, Lions. Where were you going to? I think that's the biggest thing. Went. Where are you going to get one? Yeah, like, and then like you know, Dorian Williams went right before they picked in the third round. They ended up taking Darnell Washington. Anyway, so I wasn't upset about that either. So there was only a couple guys that I really thought, you know, made sense for them um, just from a value perspective. So I'm not I'm not crazy about the inside linebacker uh, group. I mean, is it going to be a strength for this team or in particular this defense? No, but I don't think it's a dramatic drop off from what they had last year. And I think that there are other areas on defense where they could be even better, potentially a cornerback. So, um, you know, depending on how quick uh, they can get, you know, a Joy Porter Jr. slash maybe even Corey Trice like up to speed. Um, You know, I I think actually like the biggest thing that I'm worried about on defense isn't, you know, I think they've got replacement levels slash baseline players at inside linebacker with Holcomb and Roberts as like a thumper type, you know, even I I would be willing to see what Mark Robinson has, uh, you know, for his game too, before we, you know, go replacing him as well. I think that the strong safeties between Neil and KZ, I think they have enough there 
my biggest question mark is like, what the hell this team is doing at slot quarter? That that's that's the that's, thing that scares me. To, that's where I was going with yes. Trice. Is like where you like is that the replacement for Arthur Millette? Is Patrick I Peterson the replacement so. for Arthur yeah, Millette? Is it might just be a group like a week by week game plan type of thing where they just, you know, are in certain pieces, just, all right, this is a matchup thing. We think he's, he's good there this week. Next yeah. week, it could be somebody different. Like they're going to have to get creative, man. Cause like when I'm looking at this roster, man, there, there is no like one size fit all slot option. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's, that's particularly problematic. Um, it's, you know, hu- it's, it's something that I'm hugely about. problematic. That's where, I mean, last year, they hit a point where Cam Sutton moved into the slot, like was a slot corner and, and like to the point where they were testing anymore. Yeah. You don't have that option. Like you were testing guys like James Pierre on the outside late in the season, just to say like, yeah, whatever, man, like we have to get Arthur Millette off the field in coverage. Like it's just got to happen. I do mm-hmm. think that they have options. Like I think Patrick Peterson moving around is going to be as much inside corner as it is safety. I think Millette will be used as just like, kind of like a, like a blitzing corner, kind of like what Mike Hilton was. Um, but I could see DeMonte KZ moving down. I could see that being an, op- an option for them at times. I could see them trying Corey Trice on the inside. I could see them trying Levi Wallace on the inside. I just, I don't think that you could walk into the season and confidently say Arthur Millette is going to be your only option. He'll be your starter. Like that's who, that's who will be listed on the depth chart as the starter. But it's been two years where by the end of the season, you were looking for ways to get rid of him and get him off the field. And then you've done nothing about him in free. I, I mean, that to, I agree with you. Like you could, you could play with the inside linebackers that you have. You could play with the defensive line depth that you have. You could play with the safeties that you have. I mean, you cannot keep Arthur Millette out there against guys like Tyler Boyd twice a season or Rashad Bateman twice a season. And just say like, okay, sounds good, guys. This is it. Have fun. Yeah, and it it really to to me, I, I just keep. I know I've referenced this several times over the off season. You know, for the draft pod, for this pod, um, you know. But for me, like when I just think about like why that's so important, it's that Cincinnati game, the second one. Yeah, you know, he was in coverage on thirty eight snaps uh, in that game, and he was targeted nine times, gave up six catches, eighty one yards, and a touchdown. I mean. They were what the Bengals were doing is they were spreading the Steelers out, but they mm-hmm. were putting T. Higgins in the slot and getting him matched up on oh, you can't. That's Millette all right. instead of getting him matched up with like Cam Sutton yeah. or uh, Levi Wallace on the outside. So teams are going to do that, and like really, if you, I think that the Steelers noticed that because then you started seeing Cam Sutton play a little bit more in the slot, but they ended up getting him off the field. Like if you look at his snaps after that week, so he played fifty five snaps against the Bengals. The next, here are his snap counts. The next, uh, we'll say seven games 18, 6, 1, 17, 15, 19, 16. That's what like I'm he, saying. He, wasn't, he was not playing and he was only asked to cover a handful of snaps. And then, you know, everybody's, um, you know, everybody's aware that they brought in Chandon Sullivan. Oh, that's the other name. Forgot about him. And I do think that he could make the team over Mallette, but I don't think both of them can make it. Uh, just because I feel like it would probably be way too repetitive. But like even Sullivan, you talk about numbers that were really ugly last year. I mean, Sullivan's numbers were absolutely horrific. He allowed 858 yards in coverage, like 775 of those came out of the slot, which was 200 more of than any other slot corner in the national football league. Very good. 
not Very great. No. So I'm, I want to dive. Um, I've only been able to watch like one game of his from last year that I already had downloaded on my Mac. I'm, I want to try to get to like another game or two this weekend to try to like, cause I want to, I want to see like the full film and, and get a better yeah. baseline before I'm just like ready to say like, yeah, I'm out. Like I don't see this as a significant upgrade, but um, the numbers aren't great. What I've seen on tape isn't, isn't really that great either. So this, if we're talking about a spot that concerns you right now is like the biggest weakness. Like I, this is definitely my biggest concern on defense right now is like how they're going to attack um, these passing offenses that are going to put their best weapon in the slot. Um, do you have a guy on this roster right now that's capable of holding up in those matchups? And I really don't think they do. So if, if we're talking about a late training camp preseason type of addition, whether it be like trade or like, you know, a surprise cut from a veteran standpoint, um, this is where they need to be looking is in the slot. A slot trade during training camp would be awesome. Like that would be because, like, you don't even know. I don't even know who you're going to go get, but it's going to, you know, Omar Khan's going to make it. You know, it's going to be here's the here's the deal. This is like what we we had been talking on the pod right about how they didn't have a pick between the fourth and seventh rounds, and yeah. we we're like, okay, well, they're just going to trade a 2024 pick, or maybe they trade a guy like Kevin Dodson who they really don't necessarily yeah. need anymore. Um, well, they didn't do that during the draft. Uh, that probably just has a lot to do with, you know, maybe there wasn't a slot corner um, in that range where they were like crazy about, you know, trading capital for. But maybe there is a guy that comes out on the market, um, you know, during preseason when cuts and stuff start happening. And they haven't traded any of their picks for next year. Granted, I was going to say, have they any... still got a fourth and fifth round pick and Kevin Dotson. Like Kevin Dotson's still yeah. obvious trade bait for anybody. Nobody's Kevin Dotson will not walk into, I mean, no, this is all just a prediction, but the, it's very hard for me to say that Kevin Dotson's going to walk into the season on the Pittsburgh Steelers roster. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. I'm keeping Kendrick Green as that third guy, and I well, don't. They have you know, they have made Herbig. They really don't like. But that's Herbig's what I'm saying. Like be, that, that even that yeah. third that third backup. You know what I mean? Like not even the primary backup. The guy behind that, Spencer Anderson. I'm giving him a shot. He's played all three positions. Like Dotson, just I get it. Dotson's a starting quality guy. He's a good depth to have. He just he's a starter on a lot of teams in the NFL. But that's what I'm saying. He's a starter on a lot of teams in the NFL. You you could trade him for somebody. Yeah, I mean, I even think you know trading him for you know a day three pick or some type of pick swap on day three is fine. You know, and I I totally get you know keeping him on the roster and making sure that you make it through you know preseason healthy. You know, you don't want yeah, no to trade doubt, him. But if, if you, you don't want to trade him tomorrow and then you know one of those no, starters 100%. ends up goes going down, but yeah. you know I think that if you can get something. um a value for him or you know if you could you know maybe a rare like player for player type of trade get that's a what i'm saying corner. you get um, you get i think you gotta the, at least think the about rare it. the rare player for player trade would never be a possibility in pittsburgh it is 100 percent a possibility in pittsburgh with omar khan riding the ship like that's just I, I could see it happening plus you just said like you you have other draft picks from next year <clears throat> maybe you maybe utilize them like i just think that that's a name to watch as you know, if you're trying to fill that position and you're you're thinking, oh, okay, late signings, blah, 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 but you're like, nah, let's make a little bit of a splash. They still have the pieces to make splash. Like, that's the craziest part about what the Steelers did. All right, let's switch it to the offensive side of the ball. They did not address wide receiver. I do want to talk about that. But first, um, you wrote yesterday for at, at, on all Steelers that the biggest winner of the draft for the Steelers, veteran-wise, was Najee Harris. I tend to agree with you. You add Broderick Jones, who's a franchise left tackle, and Darnell Wright, who's 
was asked during the combine, and I didn't know this until draft night, it, by some teams if he would play tackle in the NFL. So he's essentially a sixth tackle who's six seven and could catch some footballs. It, you know, Najee's, in my opinion, ag- agreed, the clear winner of this draft class. And then you got guys, you know, I'm not going to name names, but some, some Pittsburgh radio host tossing out there that his bold <laughs> prediction is Najee's going to get benched by Halloween weekend. You know, I look at it as the other way. I think this is the first time we actually get to see what Najee Harris is capable of doing in the NFL. And I think that's, you know, I think everything that we hoped for Najee Harris in year one is still there. He dealt with injuries and also had an offensive line that was, it was better, no doubt, but it's so hard to trust an offensive line after the year that you went through the year before. Now he's got a real offensive line in front of him, a real blocking tight end in front of him possibly a fullback in Monty, the mullet pot and bomb, who is my favorite undrafted free agent of all time. I mean, it's he is, I agree. Clear winner of this draft. Yeah. I mean, I just think, you know, Broderick Jones, you know, getting Darnell Washington, like, you know, Jones is, I think more of a ready-made run blocker than he is a pass protector um, entering his rookie season. And then, you know, when I look at Darnell Washington, man, he's just this force multiplier in the run game. Like whatever you need him to do, combos, get to second level, he can get out on the perimeter. Um, He's just nasty, man, with a very, very unique frame and build uh, for that position. And I just, I think that the Steelers are really trying to go all in on this identity on offense. You saw how much they leaned on the run game down the stretch last season. They won a bunch of football games, you know, trying to make life easy on Kenny Pickett, uh, but put the ball in 22's hands and, you know, they've gotten better up front, you know, Isaac Samalo, Roger Jones, Darnell Washington. If those three guys are on the left side of the line, you know, come week one, this is this is going to be a run heavy football team, um, and this will be the best supporting cast that Najee's played with at the NFL level. And I'm, you know, say what you want. You know, we we can talk all day about you know spending first round picks on running backs, this and this and that. But um, if Najee can't do big things next year, and when I say like big things, I'm talking like fourteen, like thirteen, fourteen hundred yards rushing. Yeah. If he can't do that next year with this group. Um, I'm not sure that it's ever going to happen. It's definitely, it probably not going to happen in Pittsburgh. You know what I'm saying? Entering year three, you know, he's already, you know, 26 years old. So if it, if it doesn't happen now, like it's now or never. And I think that it could legitimately happen. And I'm excited to see how it plays out because, um, you know, I, I do think that, you know, you look at what he did the second half of last season you know, just getting healthy. I think he averaged like 4.3 yards per carry. I think after the bye week where, you know, his foot was finally healed, you saw him be more decisive. You saw him be a little more elusive uh, than he was over the first like month uh, or two of the season. So I'm hoping for good things for Najee. Um, I think, you know, if he takes that leap and, you know, he's really good, then this offense is going to be a lot more dynamic. Yeah, I agree. And you, you look at a guy, excuse me, you look at a guy who, the last two seasons behind the worst offensive line in football by a mile and a half. And then maybe a a bottom 15, depending on how you ranked him offensive line last season, he still put up 1200 and then a thousand yards. Like he's, you know, he still had quote unquote successful running back seasons. So I think you give him like my outlook on this is just like you said, it is very possible that he is a 14, 15 yard runner, hundred yard runner this season because he's just shown that he's capable of pounding through stuff with an awful offense, maybe with some type of offense, he's got a little bit of something and he, you know, if he could stay healthy because the injuries were huge and I think so undervalued last year, 
of what was holding his him back. I agree. I think he I think he is the dude. On top of that, like I expect Kenny Pickett to have a better season in 2023. Um, I expect Matt Canada to have more weapons to do nothing with. I like but, how you, you know, pivoted there. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't know. Like I have a low, I have no expectations for Matt Canada. Sure. I think that's the biggest question. Like you we you just said if he can't do it, I don't know who will really the question is like what is the bar for matt can what does matt canada have to do at all for you to be like oh okay well he did something like this this offense has to be like it it has to be top 15 it has to be in the top half of the league if if it's not then he's not going to make it to see another year i mean regard even with the steelers you know having the world's longest leash on assistant coaches i mean it's just it's now or never type type deal for him as well so um, do you expect you know, that? Do you think that's even a, a, a slight possibility that only because only because I, I see the talent that this offense has? Like I've talked okay. a lot about the the weaponry. I think the weaponry yeah. solid. Uh, you know, when you're one through four receiving options are Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Pat Fryermuth, and Allen Robinson. That's good enough, man. Like, yeah, you, dude. Darnell Washington, Calvin Austin, and Connor Hayward coming yeah, off the bench. I mean, like, you feel pretty high. Yeah, you don't like. There's, there's no excuse. They've spent money to upgrade the offensive line. They, they brought in Isaac Samalo. They drafted Broderick Jones. Traded up for Broderick Jones. Yep. Even if I do anticipate a learning curve for Jones, they, they have to, they have to do it next year. And like, this is the thing too. Like with a quarterback that you know you're hoping is going to take a second year leap. Um we got to see it, man. Like there is no, there's no more excuses. You know, it, it's got to happen. In my opinion, it's, it's now or never for Matt Canada. And I'm not going to get my hopes up, but like I said, I do see the talent that's there on offense. So I won't be completely surprised if they are, you know, competent. That's what I'm hoping for is competent. If they are competent, do you think that, I mean, I know this is a year out, but you think that you think the landscape, I don't even want to talk about, do you think he stays? Like, do you think the the outlook of Matt Canada changes? Like, do you think we enter, you think this is a year where possibly everything clicks and we just like, oh, man, everybody's so happy and forgiving. Like I said, I, I have no expectations for him. <laughs> I'm just I, I'm just laying out what I see from a talent perspective, man. I, I'm uh, I'm trying to be cautiously optimistic. I'll, I'll put it that way. Yeah, cautious. Uh, I agree. I agree. I just I don't. I think my biggest thing is I have such a hard time thinking that if this this dude could lead this team to a Super Bowl, and I still think fans, you know, my myself included to a degree, would be a critical sure. would be on the critical side of things. Or you know, maybe we just wipe this slate clean, and this is very high hopes. But like you said, we're gonna stay cautiously optimistic until we need to not be cautiously optimistic. Which I think is cool because you think about a year ago, we were trying to tell people like, "Hey, man, it's gonna be rough." Okay, like just keep hold on we're gonna get through it everything's gonna be okay now we're like yeah yeah never know what's gonna happen it's gonna be all right you know which is it feels pretty good all right last question that i got for you here uh they didn't address the offensive line but you just are the uh wide receiver group excuse me but Mm -hmm. you just said that you feel good about the weaponry where you you know everybody and their mother had the steelers mocked taking a wide receiver yourself included you know, did it bother you at all that they did not? Or did you look at it and just be like, yeah, well, you know, they have when Allen Robinson's your third and Calvin Austin's your fourth, you feel pretty all right. Yeah. In, in my last mock, I didn't have them taking a receiver. Uh, at, that was after the Robinson deal. 
Um, and really, yeah. it really was the Robinson deal that I thought, you know, swayed me off that opinion that they would address it just because, um, you know, when I was headed in to watch the film on A-Rob, I was a little nervous because I kind of honestly kind of just assumed that he was washed just based on what I saw live last year from him. Yeah. But when I looked at the film, man, I saw, I saw a player that, you know, can still be productive. You know, he could still be press coverage. He still wins above the rim. He can uh, create quick separation in the red zone um, and, and help them in that area too. So, um, when you look at a number three receiver who's played inside outside, he's quarterback friendly, knows how to find the open zones, um, in, in zone coverage. I think that all those things are good things to give your young quarterback. And like I said, if he's the number four option, the Steelers are in a good spot, in my yeah. opinion. So that's why I'm not surprised that they didn't draft one. Yeah, I agree. I, I look at it and just say, like, Pat Frymuth's able to do so much more now, Connor Hayward's able to do so much more. You just you have weapons that you didn't have necessarily as big of a use for last year because you couldn't utilize them as in different areas the way that you can now. I, Darnell Washington to me was like the wide receiver pick. Like that was the okay. Well, we, here's a skill guy. That's what I'm interested to see what happens with with Washington, man. Because like you know they can go twelve personnel and throw out of it, and and I think yeah. you'll see that more this season. But you know when you go twelve personnel, you know if the Steelers are a good running team you know, which I hope that they are. If they're a good running team, um, defenses are going to have to match that with base personnel. But just because you're in 12 personnel doesn't necessarily mean you have to have two inline tight ends. They can come out, put Washington in line, put Pat Frymuth in the slot. And if an opposing team is in base, they got to roll a linebacker or they got to roll a safety down to cover Pat. And that's never going to happen. And and Pat's going to eat those guys up. So that's what I'm saying. Like the Washington pick for me is more about allowing Friar move to do the things that he's best at, you know, yeah. get out there and catch passes out the slot um, out in space, you know, and be that, that guy underneath and in the intermediate areas of the field. So um, I'm excited, man. Like I said, I, I don't want to hear any excuses about the playmakers next year. Like don't, don't give it to me. I'm not, I'm not accepting any excuses about weaponry. Um, yeah. It's, it needs to happen. It needs to happen. That's what it is. It's where the Pittsburgh Steelers are. They, it took them two years of, really really rough football to get to a spot where you're just like okay the holes are the holes are filled there's minimal holes there every nfl team's gonna have a hole minimal holes on this team right now if everybody stays healthy if everything clicks you gotta feel real good about where the pittsburgh steelers are in 2023 i feel real good about it as well with that we're heading out of here thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of all steelers talk make sure to subscribe to us on youtube youtube.com slash all steelers talk and check us out anywhere you get your podcast find all of mine and Derek's work at all steelers.com and enjoy a beautiful weekend here in the berg i'll be back on monday with steven peace <laughs>